Pickaxe. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Hello, welcome back to the Triforce <laughs> Podcast. Mm. Ooh. Uh, welcome back. This is actually um, one that we're recording in advance because we're probably on holiday this week. Yeah. Uh, but that shouldn't change the tone of it too much. But we are going through your mailbox. Mm. Uh, oh, yes, that too. Repl- replies. Mailbag. Well, we- it's the mailbag. And so on. Yeah. yeah. Have a happy, happy mailbag. <laughs> this is where we listen to your complaints about the things we've said. <laughs> <laughs> and we will feel slightly bad and embarrassed about the things that we said and confused because we're really stupid. Please don't be that mean to us in the mailbag. Mm, yes, if you have a complaint, then you can shove it up your... Please shove it up your... Please shove, shove it up, up your, your ass! ass. Triforce! <laughs> oh, man. What a theme song. We should... Um, it's we a should shame. do a proper version of that, It's but it's probably we, we a should... copywritten tune. Well, you can just oh. change a couple of notes and it's fine. It's old, I'm though, pretty now. sure we nailed it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's old. I'm, I'm sure that Warner Brothers or Hanna-Barbera or, or whoever it was... They're all dead has anyway. It on They're long gone. Very litigious. You're right. All right, well, let's get on with it. What we got? All right. So this is, uh, which I'm just going to dive right in. Some of these I've read, right some of them I haven't. This is from Jake. Just wanted to email you in a story about a catastrophic event that befell me on account of your podcast. Right. Oh, dear. Around two okay. years ago, I was listening to the Triforce podcast around episode 80 or something, and you were having a talk about older cars and how reliable they are. Now, right away, I'm pretty sure this was more recent than two years ago, but we'll see. Hearing then ask the listeners, if you're listening to this and are driving an old reliable car, give your dashboard a tap to say thank you. Being a good Triforce listener, I did as I was told, as my 2009 Toyota has been very reliable. How okay, come, come so on, foolish? that's not an old vintage that's not an car. Old car. But I was just saying, if you know, I mean, that's a, that's a 13-year-old car. It's done its job. As he's tapping it, as I leant across to tap the dashboard, a bend came out of nowhere and I dramatically lost control. Suddenly I was oh, off the road, fuck. in a ditch, and very shook up. Was I overconfident with my ancient car? Was Triforce <laughs> to blame? After a call to the RAC and taking a hit to my pride whilst being winched out of the ditch, my car was off for repairs and a new number plate. My pride, however, may never be the same. Well, I'm sorry, Jake, but if you can't drive and tap the dashboard without taking your eyes off the road and being aware of the the bend in the road ahead of you, which on most British roads is very clearly signposted with those little arrows, those black and white arrows saying, go left, there's a fucking bend here. I don't know, you deserve what you got. I'm glad you didn't get hurt. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear that your car got Well, uh, I'm guessing up. he he wanted to he, he wanted to lean forward, though, to tap the dashboard. Because the dashboard's the dash- right there. Well, no, but some people consider the dashboard to be a bit further forward, you know? Not everybody's and- dashboard is uh, where you expect it to be, much like uh, those aliens on Star Trek VI when they're in prison. 
And uh, remember when he's like kicks him in the knee and he's like, oh shit, that was my penis actually. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe right. Jake's dashboard was in the back seat. It's a you Toyota. How different can it be? It's a dashboard. Well, it's the dashboard. Hmm. He was reaching across the instrumentation panel to the bit below the window and tapping that, I bet. I Just reckon, tap yeah. the dashboard. It's right in front of you. Right well, next to your listen, we don't, don't want foolish. to accidentally touch a button though you know because that might throw a spanner in the works as well there's no you know, button that, might... that says deploy crash in ditch like that's not a button. <laughs> the worst you do that's is true. turn the ac on or change the radio station come on jake hmm. well jake we're glad that you're alive to tell the tale and that you weren't too um busted up about it but uh technically a 2009 car is not a old vintage car um, it's it, and they're not. It's not reliable so that's, that's either. That's where he went wrong. Is that what <laughs> yeah, you're it saying? was built in, in, <laughs> he didn't in listen the listen correctly to the. Yeah, it was right. built in the era of throwaway mass manufacturing. So that one doesn't count. Well, we we were talking about like really old handcrafted like box cars and stuff like that you know like what like like your great grandfather would have been spending most of his free time assembling one in his garage or whatever like after a long hard shift at the stapler factory did, did i mention the old the, the tractors how like people are going back and buying the old non-digital tractors because they're just you can actually repair them and not send them back yes to, yeah because like, isn't a factory there and some There's like country. some component on farming equipment. It's like, is, is it like a computer or something that uh, is very popular to steal nowadays? Like people are hmm. are stealing oh, yeah. all this stuff. Like people are running and stealing their, their GPS and stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So now I yeah. think they're opting for like some older, more reliable machinery and not using like the GPS and stuff. You know, they're just using their farming instincts like we I used like to this. do. You know, we're going back to I like our this. roots. I watched, um, there was a Tom Scott video this week where he went out to this place in Germany and and this rich back in the day these rich um Germans used to build water features basically like Yeah, that was a good one. water parks. And the nice thing about it was it was all non-electricity based. It it's was amazing. It was, you know, it's it was just, all just, just uses gravity, gravity and yeah. so they let this reservoir fill up and uh then they would just over over the winter when when it was too cold to like go through the pipes and stuff cuz it might freeze and bust them. So during the summers you just go in and you it's a little shed and you turn all the cranks on and it just as it's like a 50 foot fountain comes out that gravity and, power and, and the stuff. trumpets that sound as the water comes down little the trumpets the sluices, that sound. It, 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 it there's air pressure builds up because the water is displacing the air and it comes out of these trumpets to go like that to announce the water fountain coming well, it's, a, it's, it's really it, cool water is incredible amazing. and i think it should be um received that way with with great fanfare I you know agree. whenever i have a shower clean I want... running water <laughs> one day we won't have access to it and we're gonna look back and we'll be like how come we didn't get the trumpets out every fucking time this oh, stuff yeah. showed up and people would be like they used to just have it coming out of fountains just for fun yeah. like yeah there was water everywhere kids yeah. and now it's just all clouds Forever. Now it's just all fallout. Just burned You've away. Now it's just covered on, in radiation. You gotta live on in a bunker and just now you hope that you fight survive. Fight the chuds for a sip yeah. of water, not the chuds. <laughs> we used mm. to walk. Uh, we used to walk above ground, and we had clean water hailed by trumpets. So there now you, you have go. to fight those five-armed chuds. Yeah. Your um, <laughs> super chuds. The slavering your chuds. Spiked carapace. You know, take you... water. <laughs> Please, Mister Chud, I just. Just want to drink? No, Chud water, best water. Oh, Chud like to watch fountain spray. <laughs>
Chuck in Fountain, the morn. very good. Man, we just wrote uh, we just wrote a better game than anything that was featured in the Summer Games Fest uh, that was on uh, recently. So, congrats, we've done it. What just we're the best? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was a game. That, that's yeah, real yeah, life, yeah. homie. Yeah, oh, that's a that's a that's that's a game. Art imitates life. Hmm. Let's move on to the next one. This is from Ewan, uh, and this is this is one of my favourite Triforce emails yet. Uh, slipped over in the shower, tried to grab the water on the way down. That's that's the whole email. <laughs> sure, <laughs> so, I mean, it conjures up an image of Ewan. It's the aside, safest thing to try to grab, right? <laughs> just like crapping the we we've just bigged up water in a very major way, saying how great yeah. it is, but it, you can't grab it. It's not sturdy uh, enough to no, grab onto I'm if sorry, you're midfall. Yeah, but I can imagine even, his brain. Even the five-armed Chud wouldn't be able to grab Indeed. onto the water. Oh man, yeah. it could have been a lot worse though when you think about it. If you'd uh, if you grabbed like the hose or the shower fitting and yank that thing right off the wall you yeah, would have a suck. lot of trouble like, like falling uh, over in the shower mm, isn't funny i'd rather either, like, just take the fall yeah maybe he was just trying to keep his balance such i mean and all he needed to do was grab a little thing and you know hold on i don't think he would have ripped the whole thing out. Be like, well, oh, come on i think you would like those things like if you try to grab like, I don't know if you, if, if you walk around your bathroom and think, what in here is sturdy enough to really grab? <laughs> I do surprisingly do that more often than I'd like to admit. I'm in my bathroom. I'm just thinking, what the hell can I pull off the wall now? <laughs> yeah. It's like, a tough I, one. I'm looking it's around. It's one. like a fucking playground in there. There's a million things that you could just wrench right off the wall. You really like, could. You don't even need to use a lot of force. As you're reaching your age, you all think uh, that bathroom is looking more and more like a death trap. You know? Oh, God, yeah. You know, every. every Everything could kill you. The slippery floor, the shower, the flipping, you know, you could accidentally fall in the toilet and drown. A bit of advice here. Uh, but it is something that may, might make you feel a bit depressed about the stage of your life that you've gone to. You could install some rails in your in your bathroom, all oh. over the place, inside the shower. Maybe install one of those little seats that you can sit down Uh and use the shower that way, you know. Like, um, it's nothing to be ashamed of if you're if you're 15 years old and you you're you know falling over in the shower, or whatever. Just get a couple of rails and a seat and stuff, and you're if you're, you're good very to go. clumsy. If you're a naturally clumsy person, then you know, or uncoordinated, which is f- like most of us are. You know, we're not pro athletes. <laughs> we have my balance is pretty shit. Well, I am, but. Um, yeah. I've actually got like a rough my bathroom like my bath my shower has um a rough surface which originally I was like oh this is horrible but actually now I don't worry about slipping around in there. Oh yeah. So, you got to have a yeah. rough surface. Have yeah. you guys ever heard about um uh, people who pee in the shower because apparently there's something in your piss that's uh, actually quite good for your feet. It kills an athlete's foot. Apparently, if you do a piss in the shower, a you will have like really soft. I don't think we feet. want to encourage people doing this. Some people get really annoyed about this, and if your part, if your if your partner finds out, you 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 know it can be. I mean, look, we've all done it. <laughs> We're all still here, and yeah. I don't have athlete's foot, uh, so I guess it's worked. I feel like I'm it's a gateway to just like taking a full dump in the shower, but I'm <laughs> trying to think of like what the what the benefits of doing that are. I know? don't know if it's a gateway. I think that's like it's like that's such a fallacy. <laughs> Everything's a gateway. It? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, man. Yeah. All right, I've got some. Uh, I've got some. I've got a, this email is good. This is four quick stories that are all toilet related, which is right in the wheelhouse that, of the toilet. That's podcast. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. These are all, childish. these are all portable toilet, outdoor portable toilet related stories. Okay. Yes. Okay. So here's the first one. English woman in porta potty teleported across a festival. 
So she gets in oh. it to use it, and a forklift picks it up to move it to the other side of the festival, puts it down, Holy shit. and she then gets out. So she was not injured, but she suffered a bit of shock. This is uh, Did she realized check? it was being moved at the time, right? I she assume must've. if you were in it, yeah. and it suddenly you hear beep, boop. Wouldn't they beep. hear her screaming in there? Because she would be fucking screaming, right? Like she'd be like, "Get me the fuck out of this thing!" Like I you'd mean, be, uh, here's, he'd be here's the thing. I bet they're wearing those headphones for health and safety because of the noise of the forklift. They have to wear the headphones. The things are... Yeah. Not, they, they can't hear a damn thing. So I reckon she's... Help! I'm, I'm in the... Pl-. Also, she might be one of those people with a very light voice. Maybe. I mean, if I was trapped in there, I'd figure I could make enough noise. I could well, be people very loud. also, yeah. Remember, people don't react in the way you think they do. Like, some people freeze like a deer in the headlights. Right. Other people, like... Yeah. Um, freeze you know, like a woman in a porta potty. They freeze. Yeah. yeah. I would I would obviously be scared about the splashing of the... That would uh, be pretty liquid. bad. But I'm that pretty be, sure I'd, I'd just I'd, slam the lid if that I'd was the case. I'd get the lid closed. Get that lid down. Anyway... Here's another one. Guests at a music festival in Budapest discovered a secret rave taking place inside one of the event's portable toilets. Festivities were hidden behind in a secret passageway off the seemingly innocuous portable toilet, which served as a smelly portal uh, to the celebration. So you just open the toilet, you just, and in you go. And it's like this secret doorway into a secret party. Uh, wow. I don't know if the, part, the party was toilet themed what or do not. You, uh, what, what, what do you do if you still need a shit? Well, yeah. go another one, I guess. You don't want to use the party toilet. Man, oh man. It's like, it's like a queue of people trying to get into the secret party. There's one guy like blocking the whole queue up. Just, 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 I'll be done in a minute. Uh, <laughs> just give me a minute. I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> Oh man! Um, they're all like all these exclusive cunts going to their VIP. I love section. that. It's like the secret garden, but uh, but like a rave and a toilet instead of um, whatever happens in the secret garden. I, I think it's oh just they God. move some um, some vines out of the way or whatever, and yeah. there's like a doorway into some. Not magical a to- place. I mean, it's, it's not a great doorway to a party. A toilet? No, no. But, but I guess the police. Well, they 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 get a tip though, wouldn't they? You know. It's not like it's it's hiding it somehow. It's not like you give the police tip and they'd be like, oh, pull the other one, mate. Here's another one then. In Stockport, police got a call to investigate a strange device discovered in an outdoor portable toilet. To their surprise, it was a live World War II bomb. Wow. Uh, and they just uh, removed the device and set it off safely in a nearby park. How, I don't, how did that get in there? I guess you. They it maybe got... They, I don't know. I don't know. They dug I, a hole. Yeah. Oh, I bet it was one of these organic toilets where they you dig go up the in. soil and stuff like that. Yes, you, yeah. Once you've done a poo, you have to put a little trowel of soil in. I bet it was that. So they just had some soil in there and there was a freaking bomb. All right, here's another one. An Australian janitor discovered $93,000 had been flushed down the pipes of a portable toilet. And when they turned it into the police, the fair minded judge ruled that he could keep 76000 of it while the rest went to the state. But these are all from Lachlan. Thank you, Lachlan, who's, who is himself Australian. Or wow. themselves so, Australian. So, good so finds. He found money in a in a in portable, the, in the portable toilet. toilet. Yeah, well, it was yeah. probably like crime money. You know, he would probably have some gangsters was after crime himself. Crime money, yes, crime <laughs> money. You know, crime. I didn't want to say drug money, but I'm assuming it was likely that. But it's probably some sort of dodgy money. So there was some sort of drop going off that was not a toilet related drop. Mm. It was a cash related drop. Well, and talking of, talking of criminals and drops. Is he still alive? That guy is. is I is, couldn't is tell the, you. But if you hard, want to know whose money it might have been, been, here's a possible answer, Lewis. Uh, Diperion, in massive capital letters, and then the rest of it is in normal case. My name is Molly, and I'm originally from Vancouver. 
but spent right. a lot of years in Ottawa going to university there. Hey. The following is actually a question I have for Sips, as I know who grew up in Ottawa. Uh -huh. There is a restaurant near my house called Hogsback Family Restaurant, which has been R there for ages. Right. It's an old pizza restaurant that looks like a front for the mob and always uh -huh. has a bunch of old Italian men in wife beaters standing outside of it and hacking darts. I say this with love, but the place is a bit of a shithole, and as soon as you walk inside, you get blasted with the stench of cigarettes that have been marinating in the walls for 50 years. Yes. Like I said, the place is definitely old, so I'm sure it's been there since Sips was a kid. Wanted to know if you'd heard of it. No, I've never heard of it, and um, I've never been to uh, anywhere like that before. And um, if you speak to my lawyer about it as well, he'll also confirm that that's the case. <laughs> Um, there you go. Sorry, Marcy. No, I've never heard of this place. Um, why why but, is your I mean, name on the on the deed? There's um, there are some like old old um, um, kind of like classic um, you know restaurants and stuff still kicking around in Ottawa, I guess. Though, like uh, depending what part of the city you live in, I, I'm I assuming if you're going to university there, then you live um, in and around Sandy Hill, which would make sense. It's an old neighborhood, so. But no, I've never been. I've never I think one of, of the things I've noticed about this sort of stuff is that sometimes people go into autopilot after a while and like their life has taken over because they've had kids and they have to take the kids to school and then they got grandkids. And there's this whole thing where everything, they're so busy and so in routine that they just, just keep going. You know, as long as that restaurant's still making money and they're not unhappy, they'll just keep Keep on fucking going. And I it's, think it's, you know if you bought a lot of that. Yeah, if you bought the like if if you bought this establishment a long <laughs> ass time ago when it was like probably cost pennies to 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 straight up buy the premises and and just keep operating and you have a really loyal customer base, you, it just becomes your life, right? You, you just, also yeah, you know they're, what they're going to order every day, right? Like it's when it's they never a business that's like packed full. It's never a thing that you're like re reinventing it constantly. You're trying to sell it or trying to open a second one or any of that. Yeah. It's always just a, a sort of family run like thing that's just they just do it and they get and they're happy, you know? Yeah, we, we had a place um, like that in Twickenham not until very well, a couple of years ago. It got shut down because they had a rats in the kitchen, and the health inspector said, "You got to shut this down. You guys are done." And now, but it's now well, reopened as somewhere else. So yes, yeah. but but they'd been there for a very. Were well, they long the time. chefs? Because that shouldn't. They, you know, they're very good. <laughs> yeah, the rats were, were cooking. Yeah, <laughs> I, they, they did a really really good ratatouille. Really good. Oh, anyway. nice. uh, that's nice. from Molly. So that's she says that her and her there. sister have huge vaginas. So congratulations, Jesus. to Molly and her sister. Thanks um, for letting me. Lucky, well, let us know. That, that's the. I have a tiny penis. You're not commenting on, but the huge vagina. Suddenly, you've got a problem. Come on. No, I don't have a problem with that. I'm just. I'm. I'm jealous. Yeah. Actually, I wish I had one. Okay. Huge one. <laughs> anyway, here's one from uh, from Mike uh, from Mike. Ohio. Hey lads, in episode two two two. Don't two, listen. Two, two. Don't be specific about which episode because we don't remember and we don't care. All right. Just say <laughs> you guys mentioned and we might remember that, but we don't need specific details of episode numbers. This guys, I get a lot well, of emails what, to start off that we way. We have no name. You know, we don't know how many we've done at all. I don't yeah, know. I, don't even, I mean, if you now. told me this was episode eight hundred and seven, I would believe you. Um, can I get right. a time slice from two two two, and uh, I can uh, probably <laughs> tell you exactly what we were saying. Um, time slice. That that would be something that was served at the Hogsback Pizza Emporium. <laughs> Lewis said he bought a journal to handwrite about his day with particular Oh, this details. is recent. This yes. is really recent. Yeah, really, Such as what recent. he ate that day. So there's an iPhone app I've been using for at least eight years called Reporter. There's basically a digital journal and snapshot. Every day I journal twice, when I wake up and when I go to bed. You can create custom prompts such as- Hang on. 
What do you mean? You, what do you, what do you? What have you got to talk about when you just woken up? Like your dreams that, that you didn't well, write about you when you went like to bed. To listen to the rest of the email, Lewis. Sorry, you sorry. do all of your mental processing at night when you're asleep. So maybe you wake up with a with a freshened perspective on things that you then feel right. like you need to catalog. Or all right, all right, I'll all right. get into it. You can create custom prompts such as how much money did you spend today? What did you eat for breakfast? Is the sky blue? That's my code prompt for did I have a wank today, which I oh. think is, is worth recording. I also use it to document dreams I've had. There you go, Lewis. There it's you fun go. to okay. use and see the data from the last eight years. It's handy to know I've watched American Dad on 573 separate days and had eggs for breakfast on 284 days. Jeez, you, that's wow. a lot of eggs for breakfast. Well, that's eight years. Man, this is cool. I don't think I've had eggs for breakfast more than five times this year. Like, where are you? Who are you with? Um, are you working? Like, this, these are like little questions you Who's can add. Who's your I'd daddy? Like what does he do? I guess you could incorporate <laughs> the, stair the step counting in there as well. Mm -hmm. Step counting? Yeah, you could probably mention a, a quick mention to your Fitbit in there too, or maybe I mean, even integrate like it that. into the app. Yeah, I, I, I quite like... Um, Google timeline thing, going back and looking and be like, oh yeah, I forgot I did that. And it sort of cements in your mind when things happened. Uh, otherwise, it all just feels like, I mean, the past is quite a nebulous thing, isn't it? And sometimes you really got to work to figure out when something was, even if it wasn't that long ago. Man. The, let me just find this out uh, before I ask the question. So here we go. When, when do you think the Nintendo Wii came out? I think the Nintendo Wii came out in like uh, 2009. Lewis? Ooh, I reckon it was earlier than that. I reckon it was like 2004. It was 2006. Now, I remember buying one when it when they first came out. It, it, it was quite a struggle for me to place where I was because I can remember going to buy it. Man. And I, I can remember like they were sold out everywhere and I found a place at Howard and I begged them to hold on to it for what, me. And... Um, what was the first thing you did with your Nintendo Wii? Oh, I fucking shagged it. Senseless, mate. Nice. What do you think? I played a game on it. No, I'm just no. What was your first experience? So, like, you what? You brought it home, opened it up, and played what on it? Like, uh... probably the Wii Sports. Okay. Because the first time I ever played a Nintendo That's what Wii I did on it. was yeah. at work. I worked in an office, and we had like a you know they fucking like team building shit they they do you know like we had like it was like a fun friday like the last hour of friday they had like a whole meeting room uh booked out and so like my whole department got to go and just like you know drink drink pop and eat chips and there was a we there with bowling we bowling and uh and people were like getting really competitive playing it that's the first time i ever played a nintendo I, wii it's yeah, so depressing I, I recall playing one because i had i got the wii fit board um which was obviously terrible yeah but, uh i remember because it was when i was at home after uni and my mum just used it every day she loved that week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I bought this soul. Wii, and yeah. I, I hated the fucking thing, you know. And I, I think I used to bowling on it once or whatever, and then never played it again. But um, my mum was all over it. She well, loved it. the reason I bring it up is because my daughter, my eldest, saved up her money and bought a secondhand Wii uh, that arrived yesterday, wow. so that okay. she could play. Because we still had, we had a Wii, and we we got rid of it. We we sold it years ago, but we still had the old games knocking about, like Super Mario Galaxy Two and stuff. Yeah, like that. yeah, yeah. 
So she bought a Wii so she could play these games. And I think her plan is to trade it in at CEX and get something else. So she just bought it. She was like, oh, yeah, I've just ordered a Wii. She saved up love that, that money she, and everything. How much, she's doing how something much that I've she done. For? 30 quid. It was 30 quid. Oh, fair which enough. Which is not bad. Which is fuck all, actually. So, so this is a thing that... I, you know, when I left home and, you know, my mum sold all my shit when I went to, to uni, especially all of my like Warhammer stuff and yeah. game consoles and everything. And, you know, so I, over the past like 10, 15, even 20 years, I've been buying random, <laughs> right. buying my childhood back, buying it you know, all back. Yeah. trying to find stuff. So I've bought like um, some of these SNES games that I played and some of these N64 games that I played. A lot of that stuff really you can fondly. just get on the Nintendo shop now, like through your Switch. Yeah, you can. But, but it's something she, she nice likes about- the controller. The Wii controller was genuinely a great controller. Uh-huh. Um, 30 quid sounds amazing. Yeah. Because so, quid some of these, some, but some of these old games, like you wouldn't even think you you'd look at it and you'd think this 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 old fucking Xbox game or PS game is is worth fuck all, right? right? It's worth a pound. But actually, some of them are pretty rare and collectors want some people are collecting every Xbox game, for example. Right. Yeah, yeah. They want these rare games, and they're like, no, not even that rare games. They're just a shit game that came out. And they just only did two thousand of them, or whatever. Yeah. And so they're worth like sixty, eighty, a hundred quid. Yeah. Um, for a fucking Xbox game that you think would be absolutely worthless, it's mad. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, so there is a market, and certainly for like mint condition, like N sixty four games, like even like trying to get a copy of Secret of Mana, because that game was like sixty quid back in the day. Right. Yeah. Right? And so like you can't really get a good quality copy of that for less than. That price. That now. was a cool game. So here's the other cool thing: game. is I feel like when we when we think about retro gaming, when I think back to there, there was a certain period, and I think it was around that period with the Wii, where the games and the graphics were good enough that it doesn't feel like you're playing something from ancient history. Like if I, I've tried playing, or even just looking at old Commodore 64 games and Atari 2600, and you can yeah. buy that thing where it's got all these hundreds of games, and you play them, and you realize these are dog shit. Like there's very little replayability to them it's a pure nostalgia for five minutes and then you think i can yeah, see why you, this yeah, got yeah. replaced but super mario galaxy 2 that is a genuinely still a great game yeah, yeah. and so I, I feel like when we go to cex or somewhere like that and they've got those old wii games they'll be like a quid two quid so yeah. she can go ham and i, I know that she yeah, really games. she thought the version of smash that's that was on the wii was her personal favorite and she was like that we had it but the the they of course they were younger. I mean, much younger to, when we started. Again, even like the on the eShop, you can't buy like that old version. Like Super Mario Galaxy Two, I'm sure is not a quid on the eShop, is it? No, it's like I'm sure it's no, thirty-five no, it's, for forty quid. Yeah, right. it's more, more. So you can get sure. it if you go. I mean, the, those ones tend to have a bit more of a price, sort of longer tail on them. Where they're probably still eight quid or something. But if you go to CEX and you look in the Wii section, it, it's like the bargain bin. I mean, you can get, and, but everything's there, and the games are still good enough that even though you've played a modern console or a really good modern pc game these games are still great games yeah and they're not so dated that you're like oh my god this is agonizingly ugly and painful i think um, i I think it's a really good idea for for i mean when you think of i saw this the other day when you think of an old mario game yeah what do you think of like a classic mario game i think of the maybe the original yeah. Mario Brothers the, game, the, which the, is the first one still on the pretty fucking NES. playable. What do you mean? You think of the original Mario Brothers game? Yeah. Yes, the, if you the, say Mario, that's what I think of. Maybe Super Mario Brothers 3 on the NES, where the, the one where you could turn into a fox that shoots fire out of his tail. A classic old-school If you, if you immediately Mario mention Mario, uh, Mario, I think of the uh, Super Mario World on the um, SNES. Yep. But it's so interesting because I think of Mario 64, and it is a, it is a generational thing. But I never creepy, played that. The, 
the weird thing is, is that is people great. say, you know, I saw because there was a post on Reddit. I might have even talked about this before, but there was like someone saying, oh, you know, oh, what a classic Super Mario game. And it was Super Mario Galaxy 2. <laughs> and I was like, what are you fucking talking about? That came out. Like yesterday, no, it came out in two thousand ten. Zoomers right. are nostalgic about things that happened like two years ago. But that though. came they out twelve years ago. Super Mario Galaxy Two came yeah, out twelve yeah. years ago. That feels to me like a really recent Mario game. Yeah. It's crazy, right? What worries me is if they're getting retro about things like, oh my god, do you remember the iPhone six or whatever? Yes. It's like guys, you're rushing into middle age. Like they're gonna be forty. They're gonna be my age when they're twenty one. You know, I'm so old. Oh my god, they're zooming. That's what they're saying though. Middle age. It's tragic. They're like, oh, is that oh. why they're called? Consumers. So I think I, it is. I'm 25 today. I'm so old. Okay. Like, why, why don't you actually be fucking old and then come back to me on that one? Like, I, that, I yeah, am that old. really bugs me. That yeah. really fucking bugs me. I guess it's like saying that Skyrim, because that came out 2011, right? Or Mass Effect 2, which we talked about, came out 2010 as well. And so, do we consider Mass Effect 2 like. As as a, like a super old classic? No. I mean, it's a really great game. It is a classic game. But you know, it, I wouldn't call like it Bioshock. Ancient. When do you think? When do you think Bioshock came out? The original the first, Bioshock. First Bioshock must have come out in like two thousand and six or something. Two thousand seven. Very seven. close. It's very close. Um, yeah, and I mean that. I consider that to be a pretty fucking old game, but I, can't, I, I mean, still I, I would say Half Life would be properly old because that was when I was at university. That's like twenty five years old. That game. Must be what about Half-Life 2, though? When's Half-Life Half 2 was really where it was at, I think. Yeah, no, Half-Life 2 that? was astounding. Well, I was living here, I want to say 2003, 2004? Yeah. yeah, well done. Yeah, I mean, that was really... God, I mean, I play Gary's Mod every week. Yeah, you do, you yeah. Know, multiple times, and that is... That's nearly 20 years old. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, it's just it's such a shame Valve haven't kept making games. Come on, Valve guys! I mean, look, you, you create games that well, people are still what, um, classic. Half Life Alex. Uh, Alex. You played recently. Alex yet? No, I haven't played it. But it's meant it's, to be really it's, good. It's, it's basically it's gate, it gatekeeped behind very expensive technology. And isn't they? They did. Uh, they they did a new. Um, um, Dota Two. They did. Have you heard that? <laughs> what's the What's the the portal uh, job simulator VR thing that they did recently? But as again, well, that's VR. Although that's, that's again, not really. VR. I'm just saying. Let's do Let's do another game like yeah, that's like a, you know, that, that a game's game. like a five minute tutorial for the for the Steam Deck. Yeah, so but that's going to be something that they'll they'll probably build on, right? They'll probably do something else around. I don't it. know. Val- Valve do like to make a game to pro- promote their technology. Yeah, you know I mean that's why they made Alex. It was to promote their in or yeah, whatever yeah. VR thing is, and that, and that's why they made that little portly thing for the Steam Deck, yeah. just to kind of be like, oh, we made this cool thing to show off what you can. They do. made Dota Underlords. The Dota Underlords was abandoned like two years ago. So yeah, well, they. I, I mean, the whole auto chess thing was uh, was not yeah. not as big as people with, thought it would be. The problem with Valve, as we know from when we went there, Sips, is that they don't have any staff. They and they're not a big. <laughs> They're not no. a big industry. They're not a triple A studio with hundreds of people. Blizzard, you know, they lay off three hundred people every fucking month because they hire six hundred people every other month. You know, yeah. Uh, the same thing with Riot. They've got like five thousand fucking people working at Riot, and they make fucking League of Legends. Valve's fucking Dota two team is like four guys in hoodies, and you know that's it. Yeah, yeah. you know that that is that literally is it. And they've been there for ten years. Those yeah. guys, like, well, and they've got no one new. <laughs> no one leaves. Riot have a couple they, of they games no, now. They're no, they're completely like unresponsive, but it doesn't matter because yeah. that's how all tech companies operate. It's the same thing with YouTube. It's all automated. Think about the last time you were able to fucking talk to someone at YouTube. You constantly see this bad PR. And the reason is, is because people have to fucking go on Twitter 
to be like, oh, my YouTube account got banned. Oh, help me, someone. They yell into the void. And then finally it gets sort of retweeted and picked up and everyone gets angry about it. And someone at YouTube fucking gets off their ass from browsing whatever furry subreddit they were checking out. Oh, my God. And, uh, this is all. And it goes to r slash all. And it's like, uh-oh, better unban this guy. Um, all right, let's get back ridiculous. to the mailbag because that's a, a good old 10-minute <laughs> rant. That right? was a real rant. Holy crap. All right. Jesus. That's all right. Today's episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. You can protect yourself and change your online location on your phone and iPad and computer to watch extra television on Netflix and other streaming websites. When I was in Greece, yeah. by mm. the way, I didn't actually change my iPad over, and now it's all in fucking Greek. Oh my uh, god! If I had, if I had actually bothered to use ExpressVPN, which I have installed and I do use, uh, it wouldn't have accidentally changed everything over. Did it Greekify your name? Lou, Lou, Louis, Louisio <laughs> Brindley Upalupalus. I, I think my name's already probably quite Greek. Uh, you can you could use ExpressVPN to unblock Netflix and other streaming services and access movies. Like I, I the other day I googled um, the, what the best movies on Netflix were, and obviously half of them weren't in the UK. Right, but. I could just change my location and watch them, which was great. Uh, it was it, it, I didn't notice I was connected. I love ExpressVPN. I use it for all sorts of downloading to keep myself private. It works on all your devices. You can use it on your TV. It's got like 94 different countries you can change to. It works with like BBC iPlayer, so if you're in the US, you can watch You can watch it. your EastEnders. You can watch your stories. Exactly. What if you miss an episode of Strictly Come Dancing? It's it's Strictly oh season now. We're, 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 we're there you go. going up to the Christmas finale. You don't want to miss an episode of that. Exactly. So get your money's worth at expressvpn.com slash Triforce. You could use the link expressvpn.com slash Triforce to get an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Thank you very much. On with the show. This is from J.S. Lewis, who's done some animations of the Triforce, so I think it would be nice to read some uh, an email out. My old friend Peter, this is we were talking about things that kids were forced to study. Right. My old friend Peter from secondary school genuinely hated Shakespeare and was very vocal about it. Whenever we had to read through Romeo and Juliet for a GCSEs, he honest to God looked like he was contemplating life. I don't know what the hell happened between then and now. It's been a long time, went to different sixth forms and different unis, but he went on to get a degree in English literature and focused his studies on none other than the works of William Shakespeare. When I found out, I was surprised. And when I last checked his social media, it seemed like he was obsessed. I guess making <laughs> kids study these things can be a good thing. What? Yeah. Who really knows what they want to do at the age of 15, 16? J.S. Lewis saying that this kid, oh, I hate Shakespeare. Yeah. Once he got into it, it's become his life. That's I hated broccoli when I was a kid and I eat it all the goddamn time now. Like it's it's kind of the same, right? When you're a kid, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. You don't know you know some of your takes are pretty pretty bad and your opinions uh suck and my favorite band is better than your favorite band and all that kind of stuff and then you you become an adult and you you change your mind it's like it's not, i think this is what happens with us with some games too because back in the day you buy a game very expensive and you play it and you'd hate it yeah. right but because you didn't understand you didn't know what you were doing it was hard to get into whatever but then it became your favorite game ever because once you sort of mastered and got past and got through that veil yeah. of of frustration and, and noobishness, you know, you were able to really enjoy a game. And I think like somewhat changed gaming now, I think. It's why there's this this there's this big focus in gaming of like re retention, right? And the idea that everyone when you sell a game on Steam, you can see how long everyone's played it for, 
how long they've re- how much re- refund rate is and there's all these little metrics so that you track like how sticky or, or interesting your game is you know you can see that like oh so this game you know the average play time for this play test was 15 minutes whereas this game the average play time was two hours so mm. you know this game must be have a much better onboarding and there's all these stupid little terms that are used to try and get people hooked really um and it's 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 really interesting and it's in a sense like it, it is satisfying to like i'm sure this happens with chess as well like you know i'm sure the first time everyone plays chess they're like fuck this game i don't understand why why, why would i want to learn this like ugh, it's annoying but then like i think the deeper you go into it the more it kind of pays off and i think that's maybe the case with shakespeare like i can imagine a guy really hating shakespeare and kind of being like what the fuck are we why is why are we wasting our time on this like i can totally see that sentiment but then i can see also like him being taken to one side and being given like the the inside information you know like if you read shakespeare you can go through the back of the toilet into the secret <laughs> yeah. It's know. interesting to and think then... about chess and like uh, and like modern games and stuff too because I feel like chess can you can you can almost separate it from any other modern games cuz it's been a lot around for so long but you chess is something you can learn at a young age because you probably have people in your family that can teach you how to play it right your mom and dad probably have played it your grandparents probably have played it you might have like a great grandparent it's one of those dumb games that is so prevalent yeah. in a, in the sense that scrabble and monopoly are as well and you you learn those as a kid even though they're shit yeah um yeah, chess is just, it's nice that it has this enormous history. And I wonder moving forward, you know, what we will be, you know, what will be the the thing that all kids know, you know, what will be the tradition? Super Mario, right? The- like it's, it's <laughs> it can happen. Maybe not in a lifetime, but like interesting With modern chess, and I think the reason that kids will always be taught chess is first of all, some parents see it as a mark of intelligence in a way to say, my kid is in the chess club. And, and so they push yeah. their kids into it. But it's also a lot of chess is about study. In fact, I'd say the bulk of it is about study. Studying opening moves, studying responses, watching games, seeing what people did. And then also nowadays using like Stockfish and things like that to analyze what the best move is and try and figure out why and looking for the different routes and memorizing not just openings, but patterns that you can see. That chess is still as big as it is given that there's such an easy way to cheat and cheating is almost considered part of the game now to the point where there was this one guy who was accused of cheating for winning a tournament but then when they analyzed his game they were like oh well he's actually missed this move that if he was following a cheat engine they would have told him to miss this move but it's the it's it's such an odd they basically worked out by saying that only an ai would have made this move um a human would not have because it was such an odd move it was like literally moving his rook into the back left corner do you know what i mean which is such a bizarre move that you wouldn't even consider necessarily doing it right and so it was like um they they almost showed that he didn't cheat because he didn't behave he didn't do the best move (laughs) which is really weird Mm. um that we've come this far do you know what this kind of stuff would never happen and hopefully uh one day chess is uh overtaken by this uh portal one no glitch speed running I think is the future, <laughs> right? Because you can, yeah. you I mean, can really build the rules to be very specific around I all that. I can't stand the glitch speedruns. Fuck them. Um, yeah, the glitch speedruns are, are. I also are don't the worst. really like. I don't really like the constant fucking pausing of the timer every time someone goes to a black screen or whatever or a loading screen, right? And I understand why, but people abuse it by like 
break like going back to the main menu or or f 4 the game. Do you mean any t- any time I see that I'm like yeah the game in the game. Have you ever watched shit. a Factorio speedrun? They take about five hours. I think the world record's like five <laughs> hours in a bit. It's really interesting like though. That. And there's a couple of there's a couple of like big time factorio speedrunners as well like you can watch There's them a couple on twitch of good big youtubers who do this thing where they do a six hour or 12 hour game cut down into like 30 minutes and that's the thing on youtube now which i think has is become the norm to see right is like people making a table or people you know building a house or digging a hole or doing something in 30 minutes you know like yeah with them sort of doing a little commentary of it sure but and i mean factorio is a game where when you get past um you know getting iron out of the ground and smelting it your brain just starts to melt right like thinking about how you need to scale and fit things in or whatever it is, it is great watching people so watching somebody do all that in five hours games. is kind of nuts right like well i think it's got multiple layers though right one it's like giving you it's a game you love seeing you know and you're like how have you broken it so it's like almost like a detective thing first of all then it's the second level is that oh it's gonna teach me some tricks that i can use in my game yeah and then the third level is is like it's just interesting to see what usually is a very very slow experience being done with the boring bits cut out you know and so it's almost like you don't have to play the fucking game you can just enjoy it in half an hour in a much more bite-sized version yeah and I, I just think like that's so appealing in like so many and it's definitely got that speed run energy it might not be a speed run but it's got the same like vibe and often speed runners are pretty um don't want to don't don't want to <laughs> yes <laughs> they're not the most charismatic well the problem is if you're obsessed with i don't know bubsy or some fucking game that you've only played for the last 10 years every fucking day and you're the <laughs> yeah, king of speed running it but the well, thing is, they're doing it. It's like a challenge, right? Like, it's not... I don't think it's for the love of Bubsy, the game. Like, they, they it's just like a, they, they've picked a game that's... Fuck Bubsy. Okay. I, th- I think you are right about the platformer, though. I think that is our generation's chess, right? Like, every <laughs> well, kid has be, yeah. played a platformer, yeah, right? Yeah. A 2D, 2D platformer. And every kid should be familiar with it. From from now until eternity. I mean, the, the 2D platformers are so abundant on... On, I think they are the most made game on Steam, but also the least bought game on Steam. They're one of these things that is actually... There's, there's too many of them. Yeah, there's, there's way too far many, too many. Yeah. And, they're, and it's so hard to be original. I mean, I guess that's where Hollow Knight and these Metroidvania-style games have really innovated, and they're great. Um, yeah, I don't and know. And there's also these, the precision ones are the other first. It's odd. I don't, I don't want to play a new game like that. I don't want to play a platformer, but I will. I will quite happily go back and play for nostalgic reasons a platformer that i've played like as a kid or whatever like i mm. I, I i played through Mega Man 2 somewhat recently well there's some brilliant games that are enjoyed. platformers that, that you like hollow knight for example yes look it's a it's a it's a people say it's a metroidvania but that is a, it's a 2d platformer mm. really uh, in its core gentlemen and, if i may sorry let's can we steer let's move back on. to the podcast let's move on oh, about yeah, the sorry, mailbag yeah. I'm just saying that don't 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 jade yourself, Sips. Right. You know you should still play games based on how good they are and story and stuff, and not whether it's a genre, including you know? Bubsy, including Especially Bubsy. Bubsy. Okay, all right. This is from Jackson. Uh, they're 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 an American who's coming to the UK. Um, I was intrigued by the mention of you looking for shithole places around England on stream, which is I did. I went on stream and I went on Google Street View and went to what people in chat said was a bad neighborhood in the place where they lived and looked around. Some of them were dreadful. Macclesfield, for example, was absolutely terrible. 
So he says that they'll be studying abroad in the fall in England, they're an American college student, and they'll be doing a research project on places in the UK racked by industrial blight in the North and the Midlands while I'm over it in your lovely country. Well, if we could think of places in the UK, I'm sure there are a bunch of British listeners here saying, oh, fucking hell, mate, you should try coming to Scarborough or whatever. Um, places that I think are historically racked by industrial blight would be the whole of the Northeast. I think that would be a pretty good place to start. Places like Middlesbrough and Sunderland um, are those, just were just all decimated. Were those all big, uh, big-time coal mining uh, places? I think they were just, in general, big industrial centres. I right. mean, if you go around the Midlands itself, um, I know Sheffield is a really good example, because, I mean, when I went there, although people always tell you, oh, there's some nice bits of Sheffield. When you've lived in the South your whole... you're not knocking Sheffers. Live. I, I am going <laughs> to knock Sheffield. I'm going to tell you... Sheffers. The Sheffers <laughs> was once a thriving industrial city, and has now fallen on the hardest of times that you could see somewhere like that fall on. It is blighted, genuinely blighted by poverty and just decay. And if you go down to the town center, you will just see this was this was maybe 10 years ago and I was there. Maybe it's had a massive resurgence. I doubt it. It was it really everything was boarded up and shut down and shit and everybody just looked poor and miserable. Sheffield is a really good example because it used to be Sheffield Steel and they made stuff there and it was like a thriving community. And now it's not. Um, and there are tons of places around there like that. I also think if you think about somewhere like Blackpool, somewhere like Skegness is a good example. These were places that were once seen as like holiday resorts for the north and people would go there and they were, you know, thriving towns and everything like that. I mean, Booth's from Blackpool, isn't she? She's always saying how shit it is. It's not great. Like these areas that used to be British holiday resorts, people can now get a cheap flight to Spain and they do that rather than go on holiday in the UK. So those towns have suffered greatly as well. So there's not just industrial, but tourism-based places that were coastal and have fallen on very hard times. Uh, and they all seem to be in a big, big line. Um, if you, you can draw a pretty straight line between Blackpool and Skegness, and I'd say everywhere around there has, has suffered greatly. So that's an answer to that the question. No, the North, the traditional North. The um, North. I think, I think it's... Um... I don't know. It's easy to be negative about these things, and it is it is easy to see the decline of the high street as you know people and, and, and traditional shopping. You know, I think the online, you know, the, the the juggernaut of Amazon has taken so much, yeah, um, from small businesses and shops and stuff. And dude, talking about like the Hogs Restaurant, that thing. Probably is doing fine because people still go out for meals as long as yeah. You know, do you think we you can really get a delivery squeeze, from that but... place? Maybe they've like maybe they've gone into they've <sighs> entered the they've entered the now. You know, maybe they're maybe they're linked up. Maybe they're on the the food delivery network. This is the this is the old complaint, isn't it? That we change we change, same in America that we've changed from a productive society that we're making things to a consumptive one where we're buying everything from. China and yes. wherever wherever makes it cheaper. Yeah. And so, you know, it, it becomes this sort of slow drain on um and it means that we have to make up for it in things like the financial sector or the service sector and and all the or or more making, you know, other things like 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 movies or doing different things, making games. And that's why a lot of countries have put government a lot of government funding into the arts industries. Look at South Korea's like kind of um incredible uh, cultural exports, yeah, with like their their K-pop and their K-dramas and 
and movies. You know, it's because the government has put so much work. I mean, into I, it. I don't know if Sweden did. Sweden do something with games? Because any Swedes, go ahead and write in. Because I know that whenever I go to Stockholm, there's a ton of games companies in Stockholm. Well, I mean, the, here's Sweden the thing: it's really interesting. You know, I, I, we're always talking about games because I'm always sort of talking about games because we're looking at sort of publishing games now and. And there's a huge amount of money out there that people, especially governments, are throwing at people like Canada is throwing. Yeah, with some of these places, it's incentivized, right? It's like it's it's yeah, why like, like they, a lot of um... you can apply for a grant to make a game in some countries, and you know, yeah. there's a lot of money. There's a lot in of it. infrastructure yeah. in like uh, in in Ireland for like um, payment processing and stuff like that because I think they they just subsidized a lot of these big companies. They gave them big tax breaks and stuff so that they would um choose there to set up because it uh it's just a big boost to the local economy right it's jobs yeah, for people yeah. well there have been some talks about this to avoid what's called a race to the bottom though because if you're not careful you know everyone just starts undercutting each other yeah and then no one then no one's paying any tax you know it's right and then, so there's talk about having like a a global or at least the eu limits on what the lowest tax bracket sure. should be yeah um to try and stop this kind of idea of the fucking what they call those islands, the Virgin Islands or whatever. Or, yeah, you know, or those BBI Cayman Islands. Tax havens, yeah. yeah. Why, why do those still exist? Like, what the fuck? I don't it, know. It's It drives me mad. Anyway. And especially because all the people who are running them are t- terribly corrupt. I think one yeah. of the, one of the one guys of them in charge was the other day, the other day, went yeah. to prison, didn't he? For, yeah. for Corruption. drugs, I think. Surprise, surprise. Yeah, All right, on not. a lighter note, this is one, this is a more of a visual email, so it'll uh, require my narration skills for you guys because it, right. it involves a photograph. We spoke about sheds and the difference between whether a shed... Uh, I, I, I said that there was a difference between a shed that's a dump yes. where you just put things and one that is a well-appointed and well-tended workshop, which yes. is quotes, so I must have said that. Um, so this is from Charlie, and Charlie has sent in a picture. Now, I'm going to describe this shed to you guys, okay? Can you just post it in Discord so we can see it? Oh, I can, <laughs> yes, I can. I mean, I'm not knocking your no, narration. It's, no, not no, for, no. it's not for us, Sims, it's for the fucking audience. Yeah, I know, but I think it'd be helpful if I could see this shed, because I'm really I, interested I in this yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Alright, there it is. Shed. Okay, alright. This looks like the kind of, um, this, this looks like right. a very, very, um, like assembly line type shed, right? Like you're doing, it's a you are doing shed. work in there. Just to describe this to, to listeners, it, this is, if, if I picture a shed and most, especially in Britain, I would say the, cause I, I mean, maybe in the rest of Europe, you have the same kind of sheds, the kind of shed that I'm talking about, which is just uses a dump. It's got a lawnmower and it's got a, yeah. a big pitchfork in and stuff yeah. is barely tall enough to stand up in. They're normally yeah. made of what looks like really cheap, dark paneling that's yes. just like rubbishy wood. Yeah. They might have a tiny, shitty window with plastic glass it's in it. It's got that crappy rubberoid shit on the, on basically, the uh, roof. It, it, basically, what you could do is you step into the shed and then you could spin around like in a VR game, but you can't actually there's, step you, anywhere There's no else. movement, yeah. And yeah. You, once you put a couple of large things in there, you're in big trouble. You, you couldn't stuff leaning comfortably up fit a bicycle each, in here. Each of the, that's right. You can't exactly. really get a bike in Cobwebs there, no. everywhere. This... What's, what we have been saying here, this is a workshop, okay? Yeah, this is it's a workshop. It's got yeah. proper wooden boarded floors, proper wooden walls that are clearly sealed to the elements. It has a strip light running across the center of the joist in the middle of the roof. Then, on the left-hand I mean, side- I mean, this is bigger than some garage. This is bigger than your garage, 
sips. This is not <laughs> bigger than my garage. <laughs> on the left, there is a proper nice, what looks like a pine workbench with a vice and tools neatly laid out. Above that, there is a shelf, one of those shelves with holes in so you can slot tools into it. There's like cloths and things. There's a shelving area with all the little pull-out drawers where you keep all screws and nuts. Yeah. Then on the end, there's a big panel board, one of those ones where you can adjust the height of all the little shelves and yeah, screws yeah. and things. Yeah, it's a big, big workshop, Saws. yeah. He's got a whole thing just with files hanging on it. Then on the right, a lovely long pine wooden workbench with a little filing cabinet style drawer system underneath it where you can keep all different bits. There's some jugs of, of solutions. Yeah. There's a little lathe looking thing, or it looks like a drill actually. No, there's a lathe and a drill, I think. This this is a workshop. He's got Charlie. a little this... cabinet underneath that table on the right there with uh, drawers for like yeah, screws and bits. Yeah, that's a little filing and... cabinet one, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And there's a proper bar stool for sitting down. This this is a workshop. Do you know Charlie. what, the, no do you know what this is mind. missing, actually? Um, Go on. Uh, right, right or in? You need one of those integrated suction systems for all the sawdust and stuff, you know? <laughs> like it's like the tubes go, you, you could get the tubes like up in that in that left siding like where the uh where the wall meets the the roof sort of thing you get the tubing up there and then just get the maybe even put like the cylinder outside and then uh when you're in there doing your woodworking uh it can be just sucking up all the sawdust as you go be it'd be perfect gotta wear a mask in there too i think yeah oh this yeah. is this is a workshop it's not a shed it is it, it, i want one of these it looks I like mean, it smells nice of wood it looks like a sort of lovely um, place to escape the wife. Yeah. And, oh uh, my you know, I mean, my my garage is not a, actually a garage. It's just a, a house extension, right? It's like a, the when you're when you're in here, you feel like you're indoors, like inside the house. You know, it's got like yeah, yeah. there isn't it's a, not a garage of space anymore. on any of the like on any of the desks though. Like he's got like. I reckon you could fit basically two sheets of A4 paper on the amount of wood that is, you know, free to work on. Yeah. It's like, it's not a large workspace. It's so packed full of tools and shit. Yeah, it looks like um, I, it looks like you're doing a lot of whitt whittling in here, right? Or like you're doing like very like small specific things to wood. Not, yeah. you're not, you're not like, you know, cutting big planks and stuff. Like whittling. Everything looks whittling. very small and specific like the, even like that little saw on the wall at the back it's just like a tiny so saw. what was the question about this well whether this was a shed or a well-appointed workshop and i think Charlie's this is a well-appointed workshop it's clearly yeah. a well-appointed workshop yeah yeah, All right. yeah. next email. i don't see a, sh a spade or a lawnmower so this it's looks not like a shed. the kind of place that you're you're assembling like uh custom-made uh dollhouse furniture like uh what's right, his face that kind of oh yeah. yeah it's very very snazzy yeah it's, it's like some niche some niche modern workshop for like you know Maybe he makes like, like you know. Oh, you can make wheeze. whatever the fuck he likes in there. I mean, he really could. Yeah. That's a proper. Yeah, you can make Star Wars, Galaxies, Legends in here. Easy. You know? Shit. This is this is uh, this is from Dan, and I suppose this will be the last one. And uh, it's it's uh, it's quite the image. So uh, I recently got the flooring done in my house. By the way, Dan, when you send emails. If you could use black text instead of very light gray text on a white background, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Just wanted to think about. I recently got the flooring done in my house, and the workers were two middle-aged men. Right. One of these guys kept bending down to the floor to do some work with the trimmings. However, whether intentionally or not, his ass was always pointing at me when I came to check on the progress, and I could see basically everything. Wow. This was not your regular plumber's crack. I mean, his entire full-blown hairy ass right towards me every time I came to check. It was quite disturbing. I can't help wonder why in the world this guy would not cover up. He must feel some kind of breeze. Yeah. He must know what he's doing. 
Could he be doing this on purpose? Or maybe he just doesn't care anymore. Let me know what you think. This is this is an ongoing problem. Uh, I've had this before. I'd, I had a guy over to look at the boiler and he was one of these guys. I, I mean, if I start to bend over, I know if some of my ass is showing or not. I don't know if if your job involves so much bending down, you just end up not giving a shit. Whether it's a badge of honor, whether you are basically saying, I'm going to come and do this miserable, menial work for you, but you're going to have to look at my ass while I do it as some kind of revenge. Yeah, I don't know. Like it's a flex. But this one guy I had, he was quite a big guy and he didn't have, he was bald. He had a little bit beard. But his ass, when he bent over to look at the boiler, it was like fucking like a blast of ass. <laughs> like, you can't miss it. Not a hair on it. It was as smooth as a baby's butt. And I was like, geez, like, this is the weirdest thing. Because I expected like a big hairy plumber's ass. Maybe he's... And instead uh, there's this bald ass. It was grim. Maybe he uses uh, Manscaped products. <laughs> he might, might Maybe well he's do. been grooming himself. Well, let me tell you, he's going to run through some sets... He's going to run through a few a few batteries because this was a big old ass. I, I don't know if the, the portable <laughs> ass trimmer would be able to cover it. You need a fucking lawnmower. <laughs> There's a t-shirt you can get um, which if you if builders can wear which makes which is like a, a woman uh, with long hair and her chest is just like just cut off above the, the cleavage and the ass crack uh, makes it look like it's cleavage. Right. Um, God. So I don't, could, want, I don't want to see that because it might change my opinion of boobs. Man, what a, can you get a pair? You've got to be able to get a pair of boxer shorts with a print on the on the, on the the ass, which is like, uh, like, like somebody's ass crack, right? So you're not actually showing your ass, but you've got a print on the back of your boxer shorts that looks like a bare ass. You know what I mean? So yeah. like you might be bending over and your ass is, 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 is firmly contained by your boxer shorts, but you can still project an ass crack. Um, yeah, you know, which if, is apparently important. I mean, yeah, you know, well, it's, I, I it's don't kind get of it. part of the experience. Either. You can't really. I, have, you, you, I mean, you we, would know. These guys okay. know. Part it's of happening. me, is, part of me, is thinking that we live in this dick pic world now, and people do want to show these things off. And so, there's a good chance, that especially if it's a guy plumber and a girl house. Well, then again, he can't possibly think so. Maybe I don't know. Look. I, I don't think there, any there builders are showing off their ass. I just don't believe it. I don't think the dick pic really and the ass crack are the same. No, no, I just no, don't I think. Yeah. Because there's no way a woman's going to be like, whoa, looking at a plumber's ass crack. <laughs> there, must be some, there must be something you could say to them that, like, like, do you know crack is illegal or something like that? There must be some sort of joke you can make. Yeah, but they that... just think it's funny. They go, hey, <laughs> good one, mate. Oh, that's a good one. By the way, just look at my massive fucking ass crack. <laughs> I'm do I was carrying a load of stuff yesterday. I was like super scared that my ass crack was showing. You yeah. know? So I was like very, vi I'm very vigilant when it happens. But I guess, you know, if you're... If it's a hot day, you know, maybe get the air in out. Is that yeah, exactly what Yeah, it might just be needs? part of like uh, his own little like, uh, you know, cooling system or whatever, you know? He's right, he's, busy, yeah, he's working. It's like the equivalent cool of a, down a fan. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to expose your ass a little bit. Some of them just don't well, give a fuck either. It's right? fucking gross and they should stop. It's yeah. awful. It's, I hate seeing it. But, and I always, I, I usually. I don't know. I think a lot of people wouldn't say anything, right? And and it's but... uh, if you if you if the plumber came round and it was Carmen Electra and she was like working on your pipes and you could see her ass crack and and stuff, you wouldn't be complaining, would you? You'd be um, like, oh, nice, holy crap! Well, what did I do to deserve this? You know, I would feel like I was I was I I feel like really dirty about that though. Do you know what I mean? If it was if if 
if it was a woman's ass, and I, I could see, I would, I wouldn't feel comfortable with that either. But in a different way. Well, it used to be. Yeah, I, I'd feel like I was perfect. It used to like, be, I yeah, would be like somehow. I don't know. I can't remember when this was, but there was definitely a time where uh, the the fashion was to wear like it was like like low crop. I can't remember if it was jeans or whatever. But everywhere you went, you saw a woman's uh, ass with a g-string, right? Like poking out of the top of like their yeah. Their they, pants. they were sort of like uh, not not track pants, but they were like jogging bottom style pants because that's or when they all had yeah. the they all had the trap stamp across the back yeah, there yeah, and a g-string. Yeah. That was that was the vibe. That was a look at at the time, right? Like you look back now and you think, what the hell was? People okay, thinking? imagine this big fat builder comes around, right? And he's in your workshop and he's like installing a lathe or whatever, right? And he's bent down and his ass crack showing, yeah. and you're staring. Yeah, his ass crack, right? Am I beating off as well or just staring? <laughs> no, you're just staring at right. it. Right. He turns around and sees you staring, <laughs> and is like staring at you. Right. And then you meet his eyes. <laughs> and then you start kissing. <laughs> And that's when you start I, uncontrollably kissing each you're Frenching. I I I think Frenching. the answer just has has to just be if you see something like that, just avert your gaze immediately. Uh say, oh, oh my goodness. I'm at the point in my life now where if somebody actually uh, caught me doing that, I would just say, yeah, sorry, I was just looking at your ass crack. It was just, it was actually just. <laughs> That's like a me fully, thing, though. I do that. Actually, I actually do do that. Yeah. And, yeah, Lewis uh, would just say. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, if you're like, if you're, if your whole bare ass is sticking out while you're doing work or whatever, and you're in my house. I, I, I might look at it. I'm, th- I'm just saying. I think some people might just have slightly higher asses. Do you know what I mean? And they just, they just. Well, and they're all oh, plumbers. Show more easily. They're all plumbers. Well, if you want to be a plumber, mate, first things first. Let's have a look at your ass crack. No, that's much too low. If they, Sorry. If they just stuck to the script and wore um, a workman's, you have to have surgery. A workman's <laughs> overall. Wear, wear overalls. Yeah. There you go. They, they used to wear them all the time. It's like back in the day when women had to have leg extensions or whatever to get to be tall enough to be an air hostess or whatever. They'd have leg to extensions. Fucking... Is that a thing? No. no people were having surgery to make heels? themselves taller. Yeah, people were having an actual surgery. I'm oh, sure. I, I've heard the about day. that. They cut the 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 bone and then you can gradually extend it a tiny bit at a time because if you cut the leg bone and then move it slightly apart with like pins the bone will will mesh thinking oh we're broken we better grow some more bone if you keep doing that you can stretch your legs but don't don't do it it's terrible it was a thing back in the day people were doing this but that it was fucking you're gonna look all out of proportion though it's not natural right like the rest of your limbs are 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 sort of like relatively uh long compared to the other ones you've got these fucking spidery long legs listen this is this is not look like for a chance to be on the first team of people landing on an alien world or something amazing, this is to be a fucking flight attendant. Yeah, and you'll get Come paid on. like fucking seven bucks an hour to do it too. Come like, on. Jesus. Is it worth it? Give me a break. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that that concludes the mailbag. There's nothing a else. Woman, a woman called Emma Richards um, was 17 in 2002 and she was four foot seven. She had a surgery to extend her legs by six inches so she could reach the minimum requirement for being an air hostess. Six and I just Googled her name. Six inches is a, a lot. I Googled her name. She's still working in cabin crew. Well, so. 
yeah, 20 but, years later. Well, but she's the go. least steady person ever. Like, she's constantly falling over with those weirdo long legs. <laughs> weirdo Don't legs. do it. Don't do it. <laughs> fucking hell. She's fine, it turns out. They didn't just fucking do it in a workshop. They didn't just like, oh, stretch those legs out, darling. I have them lengthened in no time. Got a bit of old, pipe. Got a bit of old MDF and piping around here. Yeah. Can use that as a bow. So just, just a note about the mailbox. Uh, I, we did receive quite a, a number of emails. Too many of them were about strip clubs and about stories that I, I think are a little bit too lewd to read out. Well, I mean, we do talk about we this could stuff do like a lot. A, we, could, we could do like an after dark first. The, I mean, week, they're though, properly you know, like, there was one about a lad who was having a dance in a small club. Right. And uh, because they didn't have private rooms, they were all six of them sat in a row getting a private dance. Right. And oh, the, the, the woman gyrated her fanny at him so hard it smacked him in the face and he banged his head on the wall. <laughs> and <laughs> everyone turned to this. look. I'm glad yeah. you told I'm me this. Thinking, is that too much? What do you mean I everyone mean, turned to look? Everyone was already looking. They were no. six guys. No, yeah, but they're well, all they... looking at their own dance. Everyone's getting a private, quote unquote, private dance from a different it's dance. Like a factory. Oh, shit. It's like an assembly it line of, of, of yeah. striptease. Yeah. Holy crap. I, so that's some that. people maybe want to pay extra to have their face ground into the wall by a woman's ass. I'm sure they <laughs> sure. would. Jesus. I'm just saying, you know. Um, so th there were a lot of other strip ones that a lot of the emails are much too long. I appreciate them. Well, like we, we've got, we're, we're going away long. for like four weeks, Pflex. The longer the better. Yeah, print know. some um, of these out and read them on the plane when while you're traveling, and then I don't think so. Have some... I've read them already. Right. Some okay. of them are very long and not worth reading. Some of them are very long and well, look, they're good. Thank you just... for sending them in, though. We appreciate too many questions. the effort. Yeah, we know we just love keep it. it short. Keep it short. Keep, try yeah. to keep you know. it. Brevity is the soul of wit. Let, let's let's fucking let's work just, on some brevity. Just two here, sentences. Some We're gonna waffle about your story for a good half an hour anyway. Yeah. So just, it doesn't need to be long. It just needs to. It just needs to needs spark to a conversation. It can just be three I'm words. Not, I'm not trying to be choosy. I'm just trying to give you guys advice about getting your email read out. <laughs> if the first paragraph is you telling us how often you've listened to the podcast, all that, really appreciate that. But it's not getting read out, so don't bother typing it. Just say. One for the mailbag, a nice and concise story, blam. That improves your chances of being read tenfold. Right. If it's very long and wordy with it and you've added all jokes in, I'm ignoring it because it's just, it's too complicated to read out. All right. Thank well, you. Well, well, thank you anyway. Thank you for listening. We'll, we'll see you next week, everybody. That's the picky mailbag episode two. <laughs> be, be good to one another. We love you. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.